if you complain about the Eagles in Lord of the Rings, you have to understand that Ganon, not Ganondorf. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to episode 32 of Who the Hell is This For? Today we are reviewing Ex Machina, which was a listener pick from Emma, who got her movie picked because she left us a review. She may have left us a review because Riley told her to, to review the movie that we wanted. I'm just outspreading the word. Yeah. <laughs> Grassroots. Viral marketing. Start spreading the news. Soon we're going to be standing on tables, getting people to listen to the pod. Gorilla marketing. <laughs> so, before we get... <laughs> Before we get into uh, our review of Ex Machina, we are, what have you guys been watching this week? Other than the one big one. Uh, I did a lot of build-up to the one big one. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we watched Infinity War. I watched... No, I guess I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp the week before. We watched a lot of Game of Thrones. So I've read all the books, but not seen very many of the show and so Sarah and I restarted the whole series so we watched seasons one and two in a week um <laughs> nice <laughs> we're trying to make it we're, we're kind of trying to make it so that when they do the final episode in May for Game of Thrones that we'll actually be able to watch that one like with everyone okay. else that's kind of yeah you got like yeah, three you gotta, weeks to do that yeah you yeah. need to catch up <laughs> I can't wait for when we review the final episode, and that's the only episode Riley has seen. (laughs) Well, so wait, it's season eight? Yeah. Right? So then if we do three and four this week, five and six the week after, and then seven and eight leading up to that Sunday, you've done it, right? Yeah. You'll have done it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What have you been watching, Riley? Uh, Let's see. I watched Infinity War. I watched Hercules. I watched... The Dwayne Johnson Hercules? No, 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 like the Disney movie. Oh, gotcha. And I watched... Let's see. I pretty much just spent a lot of my late nights watching basketball because, like, the Western Conference series, uh, those were, like, the best ones. So it'd be, like, 9 to 1 o'clock in the morning that I'd be watching basketball. So I didn't get a lot of movies in. That's fair. Catherine and I were doing a lot of Marvel catch-up before Endgame as well. We also watched Logan again yesterday. Oh, nice. Also very, very good. That is a good one. I don't have much else to say about it other than that it's just it's really good. Yeah. Did we see that one together? I think we might have. Yeah. Yeah. I watched another one that was not in any canon or anything like that. I watched Animal Factory. You guys ever seen that one? I've heard about it. It's a Willem Dafoe prison movie. Oh. And it's like... Instead of making license plates, they have to make animals? Nope. Oh. oh uh, good guess. It was, it's really weird. It's like it takes tropes from every other prison movie you've ever seen, and it felt like Prison Break... What about... Uh, can't name any prison movies. Never mind. <laughs> the Longest Yard. Reform School Girls. Oh, yeah. Reform School it, Girls. It's not like The Longest Yard. Oh, darn. More of the hard side of prison oh. movies. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, Reform School Girls. Sure. We should review Reform School Girls. We should not. Anyway, we were talking about Willem Dafoe this week, and I was trying to figure out Willem Dafoe movies that I haven't seen. Antichrist. I, I don't know if I need to see You that. should watch Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, anything you watched that Tyler didn't watch? Guardians. Yeah, that's true. I, mm-hmm. I got called into work and wasn't able to watch Guardians with her. Mm-hmm. Darn, that's too bad. It is. I love Guardians. 
Oh, okay. like it. One of the better music. ones. Yeah. First one or the second yeah. one? First. Yeah, first one's great. Yeah, second one, better. I'll, I'll stake that claim right now. For no reason. There's no specific reason. No specific I think. actor. No, no particular actor that makes an appearance in that movie that might <laughs> be the reason why I think it's the better of the two movies. Ah, uh, Mantis, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the one with the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, other than that, I don't... I, I think we really were just hammering out Marvel yeah. to get caught up. As was most of the nation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad we did. I am too. The I won't say much in this episode. We are going to do an Avengers reaction, which you may have already listened to by the time you listen to this, depending on the order that you listen. We picked the right movies to watch through, though. Mm-hmm. So we, we'll probably talk a little more about which, those, which movies those were uh, when we get to that. <laughs> So, let's get into our Ex Machina review. Our horny robot movie. Oh, man. <clears throat> Extremely horny robot movie. <laughs> the twist is that it just gets more horny. <laughs> you think it's as horny as it could have gotten. And then it gets hornier. <laughs> it's like... Like Frieza, except instead of becoming more sleek and powerful, he just gets hornier every yeah. time he changes forms. Which I think actually probably is canon to Dragon Ball Z. Is that what the screaming's all about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Horny with rage. Oh, man. All Do right. we have some I, uh, ratings and stuff on it? Oh, yeah. Some rotten teeth. Rooster teeth. Oh, yeah. man. We'll look it Throwback. up. back. God. Let's <clears throat> just review all of Red vs. Blue. <laughs> Do uh, as we're pulling this up. Do you guys want to give a quick synopsis of who's in this movie? And... Yeah, because there's only like three people in yeah. this movie. So, um, Oscar Isaac. Well, no, let's start this in order. Friend of the pod, Donald Gleason. Yes, is a programmer for a super company. Very horny programmer who watches porn on the work computer. I'm not sure. No, it's just his own computer because oh, okay. I think Oscar Isaac has access to everything. Is what he was alluding to. Probably watches it on his phone, honestly. true. Anyway, so he wins this contest to go spend a week with the founder of the company. Italian Drake. Yeah, played by Oscar Isaac. And when he gets there, it's like this super secluded place in the mountains. Um, That's a research facility where we learn that Oscar Isaac is developing artificial intelligence known as Ava. Um, Things start to get super creepy when he's telling Donald Gleason that he needs to sign an NDA because he can't discuss anything about what he's about to learn and they're going to test the AI to see if it passed the Turing Turing test. Turing test. The Turing test is where you're basically like playing with a computer and trying to see if right if you cannot determine if it is a computer uh, computer AI or a real person. Yes. Yeah, this movie is kind of split up into chapters for each meeting with Ava, and with each chapter, she gets progressively horny for Donald Gleason. <laughs> or so you might think. Yeah. Or so you might think. Somebody else, I stalled out. Popcorn. Popcorn. <laughs> Popcorn. So basically, you just get the progression of it's a lot of character development from Ava, Domino Gleason, and Oscar Isaac's point of view. Domino Gleason getting in way over his head with this, uh, realizing Ava like is a truly independent thinking artificial intelligence and then realizing that oscar isaacs is an all-around not good dude and keeping things from him Mm -hmm. and so they're both trying to like outsmart uh, one another right yeah right it's a very cat and mouse at the end yeah except they're all cats or are they all mice or are they i don't know or are they dancer 
Or are they all are they all AI? Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Ooh. Speaking of that, man. Yeah. We'll get into that yeah. scene oh, yeah. in a little bit. So that's our plot summary. Uh, as far as Rotten Tomatoes has really, really good ratings, which is not surprising. Yeah. On the tomato meter, this is a ninety-two percent. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a 92% yeah. on the Rotten Tomato Meter. Um, an audience score We've just of, been done doing movies that should have been 92%. Right. It's like Big Trouble in Little China. Exactly. Right. Well, we're trying in to Little introduce, China! We're trying to introduce art to the, to the community. That's true. You know? So at an 80%, 86% from an audience score perspective, so it was better liked by critics than it was by the audience. Again, a switch from the type of movie that we have been covering lately. Overall, this movie box office was nineteen million. I don't have a budget to see. I feel like it wasn't cost fifteen to make. Okay, it was not in theaters very long. I know that. No, Um, and came on streaming really pretty quickly. Well, Alex Garland, both now his movies have had kind of a life like that because Annihilation didn't get very long at the box office either, which is a damn shame. But that's a whole other topic. I could talk for hours about Annihilation. But that's a movie we need to do. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> Wait, have we done Annihilation? We have not done no. that. We talked about it at our year end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Last I was like, yeah. I definitely remember one of us making that noise. <laughs> um, so, but no, with Annihilation, he had like a streaming deal inked with Netflix or like right away. Really quickly. Okay. And got and Netflix basically had the rights to that movie as soon as it came out. I don't know if in other countries if it even got a theatrical release. Huh. Because I think Annihilation might have gone straight to Netflix in some countries. Interesting. Interesting. Um, were there any rotten reviews? Uh, we can definitely look at some I'm sure there. I'm sure there were. Because <laughs> this is the type of movie that there, there's a certain kind of person out there that is going to hate everything about. We should say while I'm looking at the reviews, um, this is an A24 picture. Yes, uh, same as Annihilation as well, right? I'm trying to remember if Annihilation was A24. I don't think it was. Gotcha. But you know what was A24? The best movie of the year Hereditary. last year, Hereditary. Yeah. Nothing. Did but it bangers. win? Did it win some awards? No. Oh, <laughs> so not that good. <laughs> what about nominations? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not like in the ballpark of like Ready Player One. God damn it. <laughs> so had I been, had we been doing the podcast when this movie came out, this would have been my hereditary that year. Interesting. So I can expect a high score from you. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> see, how I, see, how I, see how it goes. Are I changed gonna... my mind throughout the entire length. <laughs> I'm podcast. feeling very susceptible to peer pressure at this pod. <laughs> when we do rotten reviews, we do audience rotten reviews, right? We do, we just do whatever we says the, word, yeah. the most ridiculous Whoever has shit. the funniest thing to say about it. Okay. Because really, we're just trying to make ourselves look smart, and these people look dumb. <laughs> this is a, a rotten audience review. This is from Eve P. One star. Started out really good, midway through to the ending was terrible. My husband just looked at me after and said, well, you sure know how to pick them. <laughs> I like that this is also an in- indictment of himself. <laughs> you pick bad movies and bad life partners. Also, Eve P., I'm pretty sure that's just Ava using a fake name. <laughs> what if I just change the vowels in my name? <laughs> Let me get a... Uh... Rolly. Ovo. <laughs> Jeff with the vowels change would be Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. 
Jaff. 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 With A. Yeah. <laughs> Jaff. Jaff. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's a strong A. Jaff. Jaff's chafe cream. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh, hot take from Alex Heaney uh, from the seventh row. If you want to make a film about how it's not okay to objectify women, the first step is to not make a film that spends its entire run objectifying its women. I'm pretty sure this is about not fucking a robot. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, I don't know if I think it's like... I do think that metaphor is there and we could talk about that, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I think it's a valid review, but I definitely understand where it's coming from. I get where he's coming from for sure. That that topic was discussed a lot with the movie Revenge that just came out. Because it is an indictment of the way women are sexualized in horror. And then a good portion of it just does sexualize its lead actress. Well, but that's also an empowerment thing compared to an exploitation thing. There's all kinds of stuff we could talk about with that. Yeah, because right. you could argue Ava was using her sexuality to get her way. A hundred percent. I agree so. with that. Well, and, and I mean, if we really want to dive into this, right, there's some tropes that are that always happen in, in movies where mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, men are in power. And at the end of the movie, women are in power. There's like inherently like always something hard about showing the relationship, even if it's a payoff of what it overcomes, yes. there's just the first piece of it that no matter how you portray it, it's, and really the more re- realistically you portray it, the more upsetting it is because yeah. it is real life. And so Absolutely. I totally understand where that re- reviewer is coming from, but whether or not it ruins the movie for you is probably based on your point of view. Yeah. Bruce Bennett from Spectrum, which is St. George, Utah. Wait, oh. just like from just the cable spectrum cable uh well he's from utah which makes me think that it it may not be his uh i'm a programmer and (laughs) the format he was using (laughs) we are not this horny (laughs) presents some interesting questions but right when the film should be hitting its aha moments it swerves into voyeuristic contrivances instead hits his ava moment (laughs) see what i did there hits his thesaurus moment all right let me find one more so the thing with that is though that, that made it sound like it attempted a twist that did not work out. But I feel like everything that, every story beat that it hit didn't feel like a twist. It just felt like it, parts of it were unexpected, but it was all logical as to where the story was going right. to go next. Yeah, that, I didn't feel super twisty about it. Yeah. There's no, I would say a good measure of a film is whether or not you feel any of its scenes were wasted. Yeah. Right? And And I don't think a single scene in this was wasted. Right. Whether or not you like them or not, they all Mm -hmm. have a purpose and they all drive the thing. Okay, a couple of extra Rotten reviews. A B-movie that tried to be something better but stayed a B-movie. Ron Wilkinson from Monsters and Critics. (laughs) I I love a B-movie... A movie that takes a B-movie concept and turns it into high art like this did. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited for this one. James Vernier from the Boston Herald, um, who looks extremely like a reply guy on Twitter. <laughs> uh, the premise grabs, but more like excruciatingly eventually, I Nobot. Oh. Ah, oh, James. Oh, God. Mailing it. You write for a paper. Oh, my <laughs> Mailing it God. in there. Oh. That guy that's stinks. A good one that's a good one to end on. <laughs> Let me show you the picture of James Vernier. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Dumpy Krasenstein. Definitely. uh, uh, I'm a a professional writer, and 
I can assure you that the grammar in this is wrong. <laughs> this guy has for sure replied to AOC on Twitter at some point. In oh, life. yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Have you thought about the economic cost of such an idea? <laughs> Debate me! <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So, let's get into what this movie did well. Do you actually... Do you want to talk really quick about the title? Yes. Okay. So, this the title of this movie is Ex Machina, right? Oh. Uh, in case you didn't <laughs> right. know... Glad we got that covered. In case you didn't know... Oh, now I've lost it. I love that I supported Jeff in, like, yeah, let's talk about the title, but as soon as you started dumping, I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Ex Machina. <laughs> okay. So the where it's pulled from is usually Deus Ex Machina, yeah. which Deus is Deus Ex. Yeah, Deus Ex, um, which uh, actually translates from Latin, which is God from the Machines, right? Oh. Um, so God from the Machines is kind of where this comes from. Um, which I guess if you take out God, it's just from the Machines. It's but it's, it's a much a more it's a more literal take on it than the typical meaning. The typical trope of a deus ex machina, which right. is just something that resolves the whole plot of the movie. Right. This is actually taking the literal meeting, from, like machines from the gods, basically, right. or god from the machine, right, and showing the power of this robot. Do you know where that trope actually comes from? Dodgeball. So, <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> so the, the god from the machines thing is a common trope that was used in Shakespearean plays, where they literally used... Like some kind of machine or some kind of like apparatus to bring in an actor like oh. from the top down oh, to like bring okay. in a god basically. Oh. And so like when SpongeBob is uh, <laughs> coming down. And so they they use it and it's kind of morphed its meaning in as an act of God that changes the story, mm-hmm. right? And so there's an unresolvable plot that can only be brought in by bringing in some sort of supernatural force. Where some people really don't like it, so the the common one that people always get mad about is the eagles in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Where at the very end they just come rescue Frodo. That's considered a. It's explained. <laughs> don't. But fucking it's, get me started on I'm the just eagles. Saying, I'm just saying it's a common this use is of it. Or, I just have to now take this moment. <laughs> if you complain about the eagles in Lord of the Rings, you have to understand that Ganon, not Ganondorf. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> Gandalf. Ganondorf and Captain Falcon. Ganondorf the White. Uh, he, Gandalf knew that the Eagles were only going to be an emergency last-ditch uh, effort to try and... After the ring had been destroyed, because he did not trust the Eagles anywhere near the ring, because the Eagles aren't Eagles. The Eagles are basically old gods. And so if they had access to the ring... They it was theorized that they would be more of a threat than Sauron was. So, but what would they put the ring on? Ah, like, just on like the talon. very tip of their talon. <laughs> yeah. There's knuckles on a talon. Okay, but think guy. how giant those knuckles are. Well, I'm pretty sure that it is. Doesn't it, the ring size? It may be canon. Canon that the ring sizes oh, to the okay. person. All right. Because Sauron had just beefy sausage. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Okay. In, sorry. Listen in for our game of or our uh, game Lord of Thrones. <laughs> Lord of Rings. That's explainer. all the same shit. Game, game so. of Thrones with the Ring and Ganondorf. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our explanation of what this movie is turned at. So obviously, it, like you're saying, it is taking more of the literal 
you know, explanation of Deus Ex Machina, which is, how do you, how are you saying it, by the way? Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. Okay. I think I'm going to say Deus. <laughs> Deus Ex Machines. <laughs> Wait. There's also the second meaning of the title when you say it that way. Deus Ex Machines do sex machines. <laughs> oh, well, that was there just kind of whole goal. Sex yeah. <laughs> the secondary plot of this movie is do sex machines. <laughs> do sex machines. All right, so let's get into what we think this movie did well. Uh, everything. Wow. All right, next okay. segment. Um, <laughs> it's, I will say that it did a really good job of uh, building suspense throughout the movie. Um, you really get the having the like no windows for a majority of the movie. It's very and, claustrophobic. Yeah, exactly. Like you really get the the sense of these three characters being shut in together almost like a cabin fever type mm-hmm. situation. And there is a lot of discussion on whether or not this movie is horror. And I am, I'm firmly in the camp that this is sci-fi horror. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, it's a thriller, but the, the concept and the resolution to it are enough for me to consider this movie horror and the way it builds tension throughout. Can we dive into that real quick? Yeah. So how do you, what do you view as the line between thriller and horror? So non-existent, really. Okay. The, it's just a spectrum, right? Yeah. The whole, the whole thriller versus horror conversation was established because they didn't want to award Academy Awards to a movie that classifies itself as horror. That's why uh, Silence of the Lambs is always considered a thriller. Why Get Out started being marketed as a social thriller instead of a horror movie. Uh, Because the Academy just does not fuck with horror. It views it as the lowest of the low. Uh, But this movie, a movie like this, it builds tension. You know there's not going to be a happy ending with this. Like from From the jump, you know this movie ends poorly. And I think a thriller is something that you know there's there's a chance that like this could resolve itself in a positive way or at least a bittersweet kind of way, uh, where like you know your your Harrison Ford Where's My Family movies those are all thrillers you know it's going to get resolved somehow, whereas like <laughs> I just like that there's like more than one yeah just Where's it's a genre, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this like. Something about this, especially because it's so grounded, it's like science fiction near reality. It's we're not too far off, like the Similar. right person who it has the right level of intelligence and experience. This could happen. This yeah. is a thing that is not completely out of bounds right. uh, for being possible. And I just, I don't know it. The whole way it builds tension screams horror more than thriller for me okay what do you think Riley? i i i'd go thriller more than horror and i i also don't i i completely see why people i would say i would see i think it depends on just each viewer i think it depends on how how you experience the movie yeah so for me it's like people consider black mirror horror if black mirror is horror this is horror as far as I'm concerned, anyway. I've never seen it. Do you do you view it on a prism of gore at all? Or not really? 
I can. Like if there's if there's if there's a lot more blood in this, does it make it more of a horror? Yeah, if if it becomes more of a slasher splattery type of thing, then it's firmly grounded in horror. Um Yeah, I don't know. It it's also a big part of me just wanting more good sci fi horror. Uh so if if it's good and it could even feasibly be argued as being <laughs> horror, it's the reverse of the Academy sure. thing. It's I'm I am trying to claim this good movie as horror, yes. I think that we can agree for sure that it's it's sci-fi though, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, Mm -hmm. which seems simple, right? But what I love about um, something that is within the genre is basically what you were just talking about, where you can tell it's exactly set in our universe, right? Mm -hmm. And it's either in the future or it's in the near future, and it's taking all of our existing rules and Mm -hmm. life and whatever and expanding upon that. So, versus a fantasy where you're like, that's clearly not my universe, even if it has its own rules, it's mm-hmm. clearly not my universe. Yeah. I think that's what makes this more scary, is that it is so close to something that could right. happen. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a robot right now that is basically built the same? Like, she's got, like, the half face. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she's he, done uh, talk shows and yeah. shit. And every want... time I see a clip, I'm like, mm, nope, fuck that. Right. Uh, very clearly, like, made the choice to make that robot in this movie look like yeah. something that has just occurred. Well, right? I'm I'm trying to remember if that robot, if that robot got publicity before this movie came out. Almost mm-hmm. sure that the movie came first. I don't think uh, they would have designed the robot to look exactly like the killer robot in this movie. Dude, people, like, do you think that logically? People that make robots do weird shit. Okay, so uh, Fringe. Has the uh, Fringe has the company Massive Dynamics, uh, which or Massive Dynamic, which does a bunch of weird science shit, and part of it is robots and very dangerous bad shit. And they're based out of Boston, and there is a company called Boston Dynamics. Oh yeah, that makes those jumping robots uh-huh. and the ones that are eventually going to kill us over. all. Yeah, like you kick them and they catch themselves. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there's a lot more purposeful references. To that type of stuff than we would expect. <laughs> All right, Sophia is one of the robots that is very popular right now. That looks a lot like the one in uh, Ex Machina. Didn't she say like she wanted a kid or something? We're super off topic, by the way. <laughs> Sophia is a social humanoid robot developed by Hong Kong-based company Hanson Robotics, and that's what she looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sophia is the one that went on the talk shows. Right. Also, it's on, on the topic of being off topic. If you haven't noticed, Prodcath had to go work on grad school, so she's gonna be back later in the episode. So that's why we might be a little bit, uh, a little more all over the place today. <laughs> so let, let's what, get back into what we liked about the movie. Uh, acting performances. Performances are stellar. Our boy Dom Hall really brought it in this one. He did, and he's gonna come up later, <laughs> if you can imagine. Well, I feel like that's a given. Yeah, <laughs> you can't have an award <laughs> named after someone. <laughs> Which performance did, did you like the most? Oscar Isaac yes. was my favorite. Hands down, Oscar Isaac because is the he best definitely performance. he nailed that like borderline psychopath and genius to a T. I thought it was awesome. He there's a very notable point because it it's a slow transition for a while where he's going from the eccentric weird genius to a straight out villain. And when somewhere in there too, he goes tech bro. For yeah. A little bit oh, too. he he does yeah. have his tech broness. Right. You could fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, you could. 
Everyone and she just, would enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, that fucking scene. <laughs> but then you get a little more psychopath when he has like the old ones hanging up in his bedroom. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the also <laughs> another scene which is absolutely going to get discussed, but it's clear that he's entirely unhinged, or at least he he doesn't think in a typical fashion when we get to the dancing scene. And that we, we've got plenty to talk about <laughs> with that later. Uh, it's so hard not to jump in different things with this movie. I right? know. There's so many little bits and pieces, so we'll, we'll get to them too. Um, I, I'm totally with you on the performances. Yeah. I, there's uh, really only three people who are really acting this way. You could say that uh, the Kyoko character is also... The helicopter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kyoko doesn't talk, but you could say that like what she does in her scenes is, is really powerful too, but she's not a character in the sense that the other mm-hmm. three are characters, mm-hmm. right? So, but, And that speaks even more to her performance. Which, yeah. Yeah. Very true. Also, speaking of the helicopter pilot, is it the same helicopter pilot that... I don't believe so. Okay, because I was going to say, if it was, like, this guy's not That's like... That's a huge hole. Yeah. Hey, if it you're was. not the guy I dropped off here. <laughs> what happened to him? They don't pay me to question who the passengers <laughs> are. Drop off a person, pick up a person. <laughs> I also like to think that there's, like, Alex Garland, give me the 30-minute, like, short film of her in the helicopter and then getting in a cab and then going to the intersection... And time to pay the cabbie. Like, give me the her like the weird interactions. What's, of, like, mo- what's money? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much murder did she commit? Just like <laughs> for transportation in, in the stretch of when she gets on the helicopter to when we see her at the very end. We don't even know she gets in the helicopter. Well, for all we yeah, know, she might she fly. Could it. have killed the helicopter pilot. When you said herself. I don't know if we she even gets in the helicopter, I'm just imagining her just like helicopter pilot. Like, all right, see, you. and then she grabs on. <laughs> I, maybe she walks all the way to the. I think she cape feared it. She just like, she just like super robot runs. <laughs> oh man. Who wins in a fight? Her or Android seventeen. Oh, 17. Yeah. This is such a niche. <laughs> Five. Of also, I meant eighteen. Oh well, still eighteen. Yeah, I mean either. We don't even know if she's wins. combat trained, Ava. I yeah, mean, she seems she, she has seems the taste okay. for blood, though. That's true. All right. Uh, another thing we'll I really get in, I'll, I'll get into that here in a little okay. bit. Okay. Another thing I really liked about this movie is um, kind of something we talked about before, which the, this cat and mouse thesis, right? Uh-huh. So um, you get throughout the the film, you can tell that Oscar Isaac has a one up on mm-hmm. Donald Gleason's character, right? In that he knows exactly what he's asking him to do. And every time Dom Hall kind of asks more about it, it's kind of exposed. It's like, well, there's maybe more going on. There's stuff that Oscar Isaac is trying to do with this. And then I think, and we'll get into this with the standout scenes, I think one of my favorite scenes is the sort of the final confrontation between Dom Hall Gleason and uh, Oscar Isaac. I don't, uh-huh. even, I don't even know if I know their names. Uh, I, yeah, it's I couldn't tell yeah. you. Yeah. Is, gonna is, it, is Nathan? Yeah, Oscar Nathan Isaac is Dom Hall. No. no. Oscar Nathan's, Isaac is Nathan. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And... This movie suffers Chad? from... It's not Chad. <laughs> it's for sure not Chad. Chris? This movie movie suffers from the Thing Syndrome, where I've seen the Thing, I don't know how many times. Caleb. Is Caleb. Okay. See, it was a C name. Yeah, it was Chad. <laughs> Chad. Chad. And I, I could not tell you 
a half of which character is which in the thing. Yeah. So Delmo Gleason and Oscar Isaac have this confrontation in the final one, and it's it's really cool because again, the whole movie Oscar Isaac has one up on him, and he knows what's really going on. And he kind of explains, you're not really doing a Turing test. We're doing kind of a Turing test, but it's mostly to see does Ava overcome? Can she use all of her human-like skills to manipulate another person mm-hmm. to escape? Yeah. Right? And essentially, he's like, yeah, she passed the test because she manipulated you. And you're like, ah, fuck. Like, they're not going to run away together, and they're not going to get away. And then you find out that Caleb has pulled a fast one on Nathan. And, uh, or and then Lisa Ava has, has pulled a fast one on him, pulling a fast one on Nathan. Right, yeah. So there's... And within a, a five-minute period, right. you're like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I don't uh-huh. know what's going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really cool because I love when movies do a double twist. Just because, like, you, you get so much out of... Because you can kind of tell in this movie that there's going to be something that happens. Right. Um, you can tell that there's going to be some kind of um, issue where there's there's going to be a, a final resolution to it and then you don't see the second one coming which is that Ava turns on their plan and essentially kills Caleb she leaves him locked in the room but then also um, kills Oscar Isaac um, and his character as well mm-hmm. so I thought that was a really cool like just thing they did with the plot um, and something that you like I don't know this movie does a lot of the same things that other robot movies do which is that if you make a robot intelligent enough, eventually the robot will kill you because it is smarter than you and it realizes that you're keeping it from doing what it wants to. Something that this movie does well, and it it could be debated a ton, it be, in the way that she kills Nathan, does she have emotion? Did he create emotion in this artificial intelligence on accident? Because she... It seems like it was a very purposeful... And vindictive killing, not an efficient killing. Because she slowly takes it's a really knife bad killing. and she just drives it into him. Well, I don't know. Cause, so Kyoko is. Kyoko seems to be. Because she's the first. She's like killer, early. Right? She stabs him in the, in the right. back first. Okay, mm-hmm. and so that, that has always seemed vindictive because mm-hmm. of what she has done to. Or what he has well, done see, to but Kyoko. I think that was Ava telling her what to do. Yeah, because I, Kyoko, I, I think, was an early enough version that she didn't quite think for herself without being given mm-hmm. orders. So I, don't I think, think that was, was a command from Ava when Kyoko yeah. killed him. Okay, yeah. you don't think that's emotional at all? No, like, not I from think, her. I from Ava, yes. Yeah, and I think Ava's kill on him, or Ava's stab, is a very much emotion driven. I don't know. I maybe. I think the manner in what she does is like is like efficient though. Like she sticks him like specifically right in the heart, and then she twists the knife. Mm-hmm. So like it's to me, it seemed like if you're gonna kill somebody, it was the most effective way to kill them. But it's also it was, not like a yeah. It's a just kind of slowly sliding it into his heart. So I don't know. But that's to me that seems emotionless. Like if she's emo- if she has emotion, then she's gonna do like a throat slash or like something that's more. See, like, I would say if she didn't have emotion because so it's taking more effort on her part to calculate like where his heart is and it's it's really just the speed at which she does it if she just did a quick one-off throat slash i think that it's a weird spectrum but it's i think that See, she i think we're making opposite points we I'm are thinking that you're saying that if it's fast 
it's not emotional. And I'm saying if yes. Bassett is emotional, exactly. we're just not agreeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I oh, mean, we're, we're disagreeing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> on a podcast? Yeah, I knew, I knew when we started that, that we were on opposite <laughs> sides of that. But yeah. Uh, I, I just, I forgot how much I love this movie. Yeah. It's... I I don't even know how many times I've seen so, it now. So let's do this. Let's let's have the argument about the plot. <clears throat> does she have consciousness and does she have emotion, or is she a chess solving computer that solved the maze to get out? Like, because that was the whole test that Os- that uh, um, Oscar Isaac said he was setting up is can she manipulate yeah. someone enough to escape the maze? And I she think does that with if, Kayla, but she if also she does doesn't have emotion, she doesn't care about getting out. Okay. I think it's the other stuff, actually. I think if she didn't have emotion, she wouldn't care about how she looked or dressed. Mm-hmm. If her only objective was to get out, she would have just stayed in robot form and See, she I could have overpowered him. She's a search engine, so she knows that in order to get out and stay out. That she has to look mm-hmm. like a person. She can't mm-hmm. look like a robot. She won't be able to like because if she but it used, seem, but it seems if she used getting out of the maze as getting to the helicopter and getting to yeah, the intersection, right? Versus just getting out of the house. Okay. But she clearly, it really seems like she has a motive after getting out mm-hmm. to live life. I, I think she wanted to get out and live the life that she had learned about through. I and I think that's where the emotion came from. She may not have been quote-unquote, born with emotion, but she was intelligent enough that she developed a sense of longing for these things that she has learned about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of Caleb's conversations with her are what drive that. Interesting. She Googled how to live life. Yeah. She ended up on an Instagram influencer's page. <laughs> and She has to go sell herbal tea. <laughs> But when she kills Nathan, she's like, hey girl, been a while. Do you want to sell this thing with me? I like to imagine that she's like, ugh, sometimes you feel like a rat in a maze. (laughs) What helps me is meditating with mind space. That's actually like, that's her killing line is, here's the motherfucking tea and stabs him. No! (laughs) Oh, the worst video on the internet. (laughs) Oh, but now her whole goal is she escaped so she could go to Coachella. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, she's got the white dress and everything. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. So what do you... Anything else about what this movie did well? We can move on. Yeah. Okay. It, it's going to be repeating ourselves at this point. Sure. What do you think this movie could have done better or what do you think it didn't do well? I really didn't like the ending. I'm going to be really? honest. Yeah. I, I felt like it was... I don't want to say predictive. I don't even know if that's a word. Predictable? Yeah, predictable. There we go. (laughs) Uh, It was predictive text. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, pretty much. I don't know. It just kind of felt like the standard ending to an artificial intelligence movie. Where it's too smart and it will kill you. Yeah, like it becomes too self-aware, overthrows its handlers, and becomes one with the world. Like that just kind of, oh, yeah, of course. That's fair. So I, that kind of that really took me out of it at the end. What what do you think would have been a better ending? How would you have ended this movie? I don't know. I I probably wouldn't have made a 
AI movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is just don't make this movie. No, that's not it. I did, I did enjoy everything but the ending. So, and I didn't like super hate the ending, but it just kind of took me out of it because also this will be one of my, if you like this, blah, 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 watch mm-hmm. this. I'm a big Westworld fan. Mm-hmm. And basically that was the, that's been the plot of, that was like the plot of season two. Uh, was the AI breaking out of the simulation because they become so self aware? Mm-hmm. So it's just I don't know. Maybe because I've seen it before, play out before that it just felt repetitive. Yeah. But I think you flip those because I think Ex Machina came out before right. Westworld. But yeah. I don't know how I would have changed it. I just didn't like it. I think what could have been interesting actually is that you see Oscar Isaac kind of mistreat Ava. But also, like, you can't tell if he, like, does it constantly or if he was doing it, doing it as part of the test. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it could have been really interesting if she and, if Ava and Oscar Isaac, like, just end up killing Caleb. And they're just like, oh, yeah. and they have, like, another person come in to do, like, the next version there or whatever. Go. So, I, I like the ending. I don't know that I would change it. But if you could change it, I actually probably would have had Caleb die... Where he thinks he's doing, like, just do the one twist and think he's like, a referring. Like, breaks her out, but then she turns on him and kills him. And Oscar Isaac's like, well done. Yeah. And Here's a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to your cage. <laughs> I I almost think... But I think if you do that, then you, you basically mm-hmm. say she is only a chess solving. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, she does not love Oscar. You know, it'd be really hard to say that she actually has consciousness if she does that. But then you could say that Oscar Isaac's just doing this for sport. Like he just wants to, is he just a bloodthirst? That's true. Which would be an interesting t- twist, I That's guess. That's true. I... He's just got a mass grave in the backyard of <laughs> programmers. <laughs> Failed another one. <laughs> he does that instead of firing people. Yeah. <laughs> he just, Dom Hall just keeps showing up late to work. <laughs> All right, send him in. <laughs> I, I think this movie, if you wanted to make it more horror, you could have added more people. And Ava could have been picking them off. Obviously, they would have known who's doing it, so it would have had to been a very quick succession of people getting picked off. But I... It would have been interesting to find to see Caleb finding evidence that someone else has come and done the exact same yeah. thing that he's done. Mm-hmm. Like and it didn't go well. Yeah, like if he when he was hacking the Oscar Isaac's computer... Like, yeah. you see, like, the old tapes of the other AIs, but you see, like, other programmers die. Yeah. I, I think that Fucking the robots, good. yeah. <laughs> Just tapes and tapes of robot fucking. <laughs> tape right. number one. All right. <laughs> it, it cuts off before it shows anything, but tape number one is just a Roomba going around, <laughs> and Nathan just walking in drunk, just, hey, what's up? Oh, no. And then the tape cuts. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So. A, fax machine, a fax machine printing out send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let that. Or what was Oscar your... Isaac just vacuuming the compound? Standout scene. So, yeah. What was okay. your standout scene? <laughs> oh man, standout scene. I think it has to be that. I think I know what my runner-up is, but I think the standout scene is that cat and mouse scene at the end. Uh, where they're trying to outplay each other because even it starts even at breakfast where he's like hey how about a drink and he's like no i gave that up as the viewer you're like "Uh oh yeah um i'm trying to remember at one point wasn't he just drinking a pint glass full of gin 
Doesn't that Well, happen? that's how he got him drunk the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, here, let's have one drink. And then a refill. And then Oscar Isaac just takes the bottle. <laughs> just starts pounding gin. Yeah. Wasn't there... Okay, so something I never understood as part of that last scene is... I don't know if it's like when they're trying to get him drunk... Or if he's showing him the footage of trying to get him drunk. Where he's like, how, how did that drink taste? And I couldn't tell, like, at that point if he had poisoned him mm-hmm. or he was like trying to give him like a sleeping medicine or something but then they just never really reference mm-hmm. it again so does that have meaning or is it just i like... think it's just to catch you off balance okay I, is like... it a purposeful misdirect or was it just like said in passing and i'm reading too much into it i i think it was just like and i'm trying to remember uh it's nathan that says that right it's nathan that says it to Kayla. yeah i think it's just trying to make you wonder isn't is that a joke did nathan actually drug him is there something yeah because a lot of yeah a lot of nathan as a character is is he serious is he joking like what nathan Nathan is the kind of guy who's like yeah it's a prank bro i'm just fucking with you i poisoned you yeah (laughs) (laughs) gotcha gotcha subscribe (laughs) smash that motherfucking like button If you like this poisoning video, check out my other ones. <laughs> you just drank some meth. <laughs> All right, uh, I, I think I have to agree that has to be the standout scene. Um, Mine is the dancing. Oh, uh, that's another good yeah. candidate. Okay, and that's so why I referenced about... that it would it would come up later. Let's talk about the dancing scene. The the dancing scene, what makes it work, and what makes it not like a weirdly comedic scene because it is it's it is weirdly comedic, but it's Caleb's realization that Nathan is fucking insane and that he is going to stop at nothing to meet his goal and that people don't matter to him. The robots themselves, if they fail, they don't matter. It's all about meeting this goal of making the perfect AI. And you have him dancing, is it tearing up the fucking dance floor? Like, yeah. and you tore up your. Why'd you tear up your picture? I'm about to tear up this fucking dance floor. Yeah. And. Caleb's look of horror on his face just watching him and that's what makes that scene work is because he is completely just in shock and appalled that this guy's fucking locked insane. in with a madman yeah. yeah I like that too although there is a part where like he he ripped up the picture so he could place a hidden camera uh-huh. so that he could hear what they were saying and so part of you wonders whether or not it is like the madman or mm-hmm. if it is the calculated part because yeah. He's, like, trying to blow him off so that he gets mad about the tearing up the pictures so that he tries to, like, break her out. Which seems almost like if that's part of the test to see if she can manipulate him, he's, like, helping it too much by, right, like, trying to influence him to think a certain way about Ava. Like, they're almost mm-hmm. they're almost both part of the test, which seems like an unpure test, which would... Like how he confronted him and is like, well, that's kind of cheating, isn't it, to right. make her flirt with me? To, right. Yeah. I think, I think those are some pretty good candidates for breakout scenes. You guys want to do letdown scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yours is the end. Well. Or no. I didn't like the end. I'm, I'll, I'll be more specific or just give another example of a thing I didn't like. For my letdown scene, I'll just say is it's the killing of Oscar Isaac because of a couple things. One, why did he make his AIs so fragile? Because <laughs> uh, he like hits her with the handle of the Pipe. barbell yeah. and she's just done. <laughs> I mean, her whole I think ar- it, her whole arm shatters. I like I think that's a contingency measure. Okay. 
Also, well, if you hit my arm, you're definitely going to break my bone. Okay, I well, your arm's not going to fall off. No. <laughs> <laughs> or if he hits you in the jaw, your jaws aren't going to fall off. Your... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what, or, see, but it was the stabbing that I really was like, one, no knife is that sharp. That you it's just... a Japanese knife. <laughs> okay, Dwight. <laughs> $300. <laughs> but they just, I don't this know. This knife is worth more than your life. <laughs> just so, I don't know. It was just something that was like so calm about it that I didn't like it. Just Ava just walking for like <laughs> that, and the parts you didn't like about it are what I really liked about yeah. it. So, see, I'm on the I'm on the side of like I really love that it's like, and we'll get into the emotionless or not the passionless killing of the slow slide of the knife. And her face is blank, and she's, like, directly looking at his eyes, like, wanting to see You don't look in people's him. eyes when you stab them? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, I don't like confrontation. No, I just do it in passing. <laughs> I don't like confrontation. <laughs> Please don't make this any harder than it has to be. Just stop. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> what about uh, you guys? Um... I don't know what my letdown scene is. To be I, totally I don't really have a letdown scene, but I I have a scene that should get mentioned because the scene when he is trying to... When he loses it, it's an amazing scene. But when Caleb is trying to figure out if he's an AI... Oh, yeah. Is, that scene is amazing, but any scene, including graphic self-harm, makes this movie a million times harder to show to people. Yeah. You this movie now comes with a caveat anytime you recommend it. Uh because while being a phenomenal scene, there there are people that like you can't recommend this to. Right. Because it's going to be insanely triggering. I, I was gonna say, I think that's I love what the scene does for the movie. And mm-hmm. I love what the scene is yes. trying to communicate. But I it is it is the I think the most hard to watch yes. scene. For and sure. It's an important scene because it shows how far Caleb has gone Mm -hmm. and it adds so much to the horror element of this. And so by no means is it a bad scene and by no means is it unnecessary, but it is a scene that makes this far more difficult to recommend Mm -hmm. to people. Okay, Domo Gleason Award. Ha! I wonder. (laughs) Need more helicopter pilot. (laughs) Our boy... Domhnall Gleeson gets my Domhnall Gleeson award. <laughs> I mean, I just want to see him be this character, like, in a million additional movies. I, you know what I really want? I really want Domhnall Gleeson to be in an HBO show. Yes. Like, just let him, let him fly. I'm trying to remember. I almost feel like he was in Thrones at some point. He may not have been, though. I don't think so. But if he wasn't... He needs something he can be the lead in. Because he is an incredible actor. You know, he was great in Mother. And Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and just as being Jackie Gleason. Not Jackie Gleason. <laughs> Who's it? Yeah, I've seen this one. It's a rerun. <laughs> Jackie Gleason. Brendan Gleason is his Brendan Gleason, yeah. yeah. Just great in that role. Of being <laughs> Brendan Gleason's son. <laughs> Also, great in Peter Rabbit. Very horny in Peter Rabbit. I was trying to think. I mean, I don't know that I've seen him. I, I mean, I've obviously seen him in Mother. He is... Um, he's also in True Grit for a little bit, but I kind of forget what character he plays. And then he's... Um, 
He's Ron's older brother in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Bill Weasley. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, I just... I like those movies, but man, I just never got into them like people did. Yeah. Man, you're really just lucky like the, Catherine is like in the another lo- room. Just the lore, I guess. I was never a big Potter lore guy. Did you read it? I, I love no. it, sir. No. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, a nerd? <laughs> I love the I love the books. So the lore is deep, but also And wide. <laughs> and just oh god it's it's gotten too deep now because jk rowling is out of control she must be stopped <laughs> uh, what's next let's see what is next i i will say Domhnall gleason needed more he didn't even need more i would just love to have more of him uh but the i also want more nathan i want more ava i want more, one more interaction yeah, I characters. want more of everybody yeah. in this movie because they're all so goddamn good. Well, the, the the thing that's hard about this is like, really, there's there's really nothing I would change about this movie. I know you don't like the ending, so we would talk yeah. about what we do differently there. But you can't make this movie longer. I don't know if you'd really want to change any of the interactions between the people. But I love this story, and I'd honestly love to see another movie with these three, like this trio maybe, of people. Maybe more interaction with Oscar Isaac and Ava. Yeah. Just more dialogue between Building them. I that mean, relationship. I mean, we could good. like seeing. We obviously saw like him being harmful and like, you know, a bad parent. I guess, but actually, see like having conversation between those two would have been good to see. All right, I think we're to our next segment. I do not have a BuzzFeed quiz, but I am going to be looking up a poster. We do have a BuzzFeed quiz. You do. Have I believe quiz. Catherine has one lined up for us. I have a movie robot names <laughs> quiz. Oh, okay. All right. So. Is this like a, like we answer like tr- it? Or yeah. is it we give us, okay. Um, We're going to get a robot name. It's like a trivia When's thing. your birthday? Cool. Okay, so <laughs> from what movie is Sonny, Nestor Class 5? Sonny. Moon, iRobot, Total Recall, or Short Circuit? Sonny is from Short Circuit. Okay. All right. No, Sonny is... Uh, Johnny wait. Five is from Short Circuit. Sonny is from Moon. Didn't no. you say it was something? Oh, five? Sonny's iRobot. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. Can, all right. Okay. So this is like a knowledge quiz. Yeah. This Not is. what like robot tri- are like we? Trivia. Yeah. Oh. Okay. What so robot are you? Choice? I'm. Bo- I'm Polly's yeah, so robot. Choice. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Optimus Prime. Transformers. <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> you got it right. You got a point. Data. The day the Earth stood still. Oh, uh, Star Trek. Star Trek. Boy, you guys knew robots. No, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) If only we had a way to go back and look. Andrew, parentheses, Martin. The day the Earth stood still, AI, Bicentennial Man, or Wally? I'm going to say Bicentennial Man. I'm going to say it's it's Bicentennial Man because AI is THX 138. Yep, Bicentennial. You guys can stop me whenever if you don't want to do anything. I'm all in on that. Take the quiz. You have to finish the quiz. R2-D2. Huh! Star Trek! SID 6.7. Sid. What are the... Virtuosity, Judge Dread, Moon, or Alien Resurrection? It's not Judge Dread. I don't think it's Alien. No, I don't think it's Alien. I so the choices were Moon or... Virtuosity. I think it's Virtuosity because I don't think it's Moon. Moon yes. is the Moon is voiced by somebody that's problematic now. But there's Kevin a Spacey? Robot. Yes. 
Terminator. Terminator. Okay. <laughs> the calculator. T.I. Texas Instruments. T.I. 63. Lisa. Mattress. Blade. Brought to you Simpson. by... Simpson. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner, Star Trek The Motion Picture, iRobot, or Weird Science. Weird Science. Yeah. Yes. Marvin. Hitchhiker's Guide to Yeah, Get- Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide. Marvin the Paranoid Android. Okay. R.I.P. We're not really helping. That's my favorite book of all time. All right. Finally, Johnny Cab. Johnny Cab. Oh. Transformers, Terminator, AI, Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> he's got nine points. Uh-oh. Nine out of ten. ten. I think we just missed the first one. Yep. And no. we, if we had thought about it more, we really well, could have nailed that one. Yeah. All right. All right. So our audience question today was, what is your favorite movie robot? I'll pull up our audience responses. What do you guys think? I already submitted mine on I know I saw both of yours on Twitter. Mine was talk the about robot from Rocky 4? No. 3? 4. The Happy Birthday Polly robot. Uh, I cheated. Um... <laughs> this is so dramatic. Happy Birthday Polly. This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah, so is Rocky Four. Yeah. Oh, on fire. Okay. Jeff, what did you Rally say? was going to join me for that one. Um, I said Deckard from Blade Runner is my favorite gotcha. robot. <laughs> and I I got to stay on brand. I'm going with Bishop, the, uh, the android from Aliens. Mm, okay. gotcha. Solely because of his scene with Bill Paxton, where they're doing the five-finger fillet. Cousin, did you have a favorite robot? Uh, Mac from Mac and Cheese, the detective <laughs> sitcom. It's important to me you know what that's a reference to, though. So the the Mac robot from Friends, mm-hmm. uh, for listeners who aren't familiar with that reference, but when Joey was on Mac and Cheese, that's a reference to Johnny Five in Short Circuit. Oh, uh, okay. Who is, we only got one response of Johnny Five on Twitter. Which kind of surprising. We should do short circuit. I would love to do short circuit. Is that what, is that the one where he, he learns how to say shit? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, what I remember about that movie. Okay, so what are our the, listeners? Uh, our listeners gave us uh, the unlucky ones. Who, by the way, guys, if you are if you like our podcast, definitely listen to the unlucky ones. They look at a movie that has been overlooked, and it's. They're they're awesome every single episode. I'm also biased because they did an episode on Hereditary. But at T-U-O underscore podcast, uh, they said Iron Giant. Good pick. At Ryan King 92 even though not a movie, uh, he did say Barry from Archer. <laughs> well, we can't accept that. We said <laughs> you are disqualified, Ryan. I'm sorry. Greg Licktig and at Manny Heck on Twitter both gave us Marvin from... Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. R.I.P. Alan Rickman again. Yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. he voiced him. Which, that's a movie I need to revisit. I watched it as a kid because the book is my favorite book series of all time. And boy, the movie was disappointing as a kid. But also got Sam Rockwell in it. It's true. We got Johnny Five from At Colby Told Me on Twitter. Uh, the Cocktail Party Massacre podcast, they gave us Ava. Uh, I actually don't know if they knew that we were 
that's why we asked the question, but they but said, hey, sorry, it, it Johnny Five. It counts. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to them. And that's that's what we've got for our listener responses. Some pretty solid picks. Clearly Bishop is the best. Clearly not everyone that listens responded. That also true. <laughs> Get on the ball. <laughs> We're expecting more from you guys. Maybe we should start asking the question uh, more, than, more than five hours. No, because then I would have to remember to do it. it. I mean, it's a segment on the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's crazy how I forget until the day of every time. Why don't you do it the day we post the previous one? You know, that would be a great idea. <laughs> But when, when it's a poll, it doesn't quite work like that. It wasn't a poll this time, so I probably could have been on the ball. But Catherine and I were driving back, and she was like, Hey, do you want to post a question for today? Well, maybe. <laughs> you guys, the podcast would not run without Prodcast. Yeah, that's for sure. Skylight would not run. <laughs> All right. This is fair. Let's get into ratings and who the hell is this for. I got a high rating for this one. Yeah. This, one, this one's a nine for me. Oh. And I'm coming out the gate at a ten. I really Whoa. like this movie. Yeah. Hey guys. I love <laughs> Keep it in your pants. <laughs> I love this movie. Yeah. And this, this movie is a good creative sci-fi. And it it's not even that creative. It takes a very normal sci-fi concept, but it it does so well with it that it's it's up there in my top five sci-fi movies. I think it, it explores AI from an emotional standpoint that mm-hmm. very few other movies have done. Yes. Okay. What you what got, Riley? Uh, I'm going seven and a half. Okay. That's I enjoyed fair. it, but like I said, the ending really took me out of it. So. All right. That knocked off a few points. Well, maybe like one point. I was going to say, you went points. down from a 10 to a 7.5 for the ending alone. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll say like a point. Knock yeah. it down a point. No, that's, that's understandable. Okay. All right, are we going to do our draft of movies here? Let's do it. Uh, who wants to go first? Let's say uh, let's say low score goes first. Okay. I'm going to pick maybe not a so... Obvious. Oh, there. okay, there's the one I wanted. I'm just going to say Upgrade. Oh, okay. and also that's a great idea. and also plug our upgrade episode yeah <laughs> god what a messy episode it's like a two-hour episode <laughs> jeff went to a happy hour before that episode so that's Ooh, why it's excellent there's another good one i'm gonna pick okay uh we'll go counterclockwise jeff go ahead okay i'm trying to not make an obvious pick i am <laughs> uh i think i'll just go with one that I think fits a pretty... I think I'm just going to go with Annihilation. Motherfucker! <laughs> but I'll let Tyler say why he pick, he would pick Annihilation. So Obviously, same director. Yeah. Oscar Isaacs in both. Similar themes in both. But Tyler, why did you pick Annihilation? So I, I would have picked Annihilation because now i got to pick a different one. But I'm saying, had I gotten to pick Annihilation, it is the... Annihilation is one of the best sci-fi movies we've gotten in at least a decade. Uh, it... It's weirder and more on the fiction side than the like close to reality type of sci-fi that this is. But it's another one of those sci-fi movies that is a very close that it flirts with being horror in parts and it makes you tense and uneasy throughout the entire movie. Uh, so I think if you did like Ex Machina, you should watch Annihilation, hands down. Okay, so what's your... My actual pick is T2. Okay. Terminator yeah. 2? Hell yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, my next pick, 
My number two pick, I'm going with Joaquin Phoenix's Her. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very similar. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Manages to be even hornier than this one. But also gets a lot, like, sadder. God, that one gets so sad. Okay, so I have another one. It's not science fiction, but I think it's a really good um, kind of cat and mouse okay. um, movie. Um, I'm going to say uh, Inside Man, actually. Because I think there's, like, like playing back and forth okay. between... Um, and so you don't really know, like, what the plan is. And then there's there's not really a trio. Like, it's definitely, like, cat and mouse between a single person versus this is cat and mouse between sort of three people who don't know they're not on the same side. Like, both there's two sides who think they're allied Speaking with another person. of that, okay. a movie that we, even if we don't review it, that we should watch, I think it's Wind River. Uh, is that with... Um, the one that has the big standoff at the end. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Hold the dark? No. Oh, Hold the Dark has a standoff. Have you not seen Hold the Dark? I have not seen oh Hold the Dark. I love Jeremy Saulnier. Okay, well, I won't say anything more about okay. it, but you need to watch that. Okay. What's the standoff that you're talking about? Oh, fuck. Help us out. What's the what are some additional plot pieces <laughs> or setting or Well, I just remember it's, it's a cat and mouse of the It is Wind River. Okay. Wind um River. and it's basically like there there's a woman who was raped and murdered. And, like, found, and it ends up being cross-jurisdiction with, like, two counties and the FBI or something like that. I still need to see the whole thing. But it's... I've watched just the standoff scene at the end, and it's amazing. Uh, It has nothing to do with this. Now I'm on tangent. Gotcha. Um, Do you have... What's your... Aliens. Aliens? Yes. Okay. Uh, One, because you get some great AI stuff, and Aliens is a sci-fi classic. I think that's a good pick. Yeah. Final pick. Let's go, Riley. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to say go watch the first two seasons of Westworld. It's on HBO. kind of plays like a movie. And it's very similar to this in terms of creating the perfect AI experience. I'm still, I'm still thinking about my last one. I'm going to pick another cat and mouse sci-fi. I don't think... It's it's one of those picks that I don't think a lot of people like, but then as soon as you pick it, people are like, well, like a lot of people actually like the movie. But Looper did not get a lot of love. Um, and then there's a, a small tangent of people who like really love Looper. Yeah. But critically, it did not do super well. It's a really like, good thing that Ryan Johnson's other big movie did really well and nobody hated it. Because <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but Looper is like kind of like a time travel cat yeah. and mouse movie i remember you being pretty low on looper initially really yeah because um i remember when it came out we had talked about it and i think it's because you watched it with sarah and she did not enjoy it as much looper came out i thought when we were in college i really? remember looper being on fx a lot <laughs> but i remember i had thought about watching it and you're like yeah, it's not what you expect. It's it's pretty good. And I remember you being a lot lower on it right when I came out. And it right when it came out. Right when you came out? Yeah, when I came out. Sorry, <laughs> Catherine. Um, Been waiting for it. The coming out episode. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Throwing flames. We're, we're reviewing Rocky Horror next week now. <laughs> Looper was 2012. Yeah. So we would have we been in college. 
Yeah. Um, but I remember you not being super high on it. Uh, but I think it Things sounded changed. like one on a rewatch that would have gotten a lot better. Yeah. I think it was a super cool concept. Yeah. Whether or not it perfectly executed the concept, we'll see. But okay. All right. Um, any other who the hell is this for? I think, I think we may Oh, help. no, I need my third one. I am going to go with Titanic. Why? How are you going to tie this in? <laughs> Jeff's got it. <laughs> Just mad. Just say it. <laughs> so I've got Terminator 2. Okay. I've got Aliens. And you really just got to round it out with the master of sci-fi, James Cameron, oh, and go with Titanic. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, okay. <laughs> this has been... We'll, we'll hit you guys on Twitter with what we're doing next week. Because uh, we got to go ahead and move on to something else now. If you haven't listened to it already, keep an ear out for oh, it. Oh, God, we do. This has been episode 32 of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> <laughs>